Hey, good people. I'm your co-host, Caroline. And I am your other co-host, Laura. And welcome back to the Evil People Podcast. I I want to apologize first off to any listeners who are super nitpicky like me and notice that our audio was slightly yeah, off whoops. last week. Whoops. You know what, guys? I know it seems like we are absolute professionals at this, but it is still a learning process. So thank you for being with us on this journey we're going through. We realized that I speak too close to the microphone and Laura speaks too far away from the microphone. And when we get famous and there's um, B-roll footage that is released to the public, you will see the ridiculous setup I have today to get my get my mouth the appropriate distance from that microphone. It's great. I'm it's really, a work in I'm progress. Yeah. And hey, maybe no one noticed except us. So um, who knows? I, I had a few... Yeah few feedback sessions with people few texts oh yeah. no if you're a close we friend, love the feedback we do if you're a close friend of mine feel free to call me after you listen to an episode I love the feedback yeah I did get I, the thing I was most worried about last episode was Robert Picton's uh confession it's so hard to hear it is but I think that that's something that it it sets the tone and then like my friends all googled it yeah and watched it on their own time so perfect yeah, and I'll I'll start putting that up on the Instagram, like the background photos, like what I send you. Yeah, yeah. His confession tapes and all of that. Once I once I get us really into TikTok. Oh, cannot wait for us to go viral on TikTok. One day. Um, also, we wanted an exciting metric for us. We, as of today, have officially over 50 regular listeners, meaning 50 plus people have listened to every single one of our episodes. So thank you guys. Thank you. That is so exciting. And like, if you really think about it, like if we were performing to 50 people in a room right now, like that would be a, that would be a full room. That'd be a crowd. It would be quite and- the crowd. It would mean a lot to us if y'all could all, all 51 of you, it technically is 51, could rate the show five stars on whatever listening platform you use. We are going to do. I have rated it five stars. Don't worry. I have also rated it five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But any actual like review feedback too, you don't have to just give us five stars. You can like say something too. We'd love Any feedback is always welcome. And once we get a little closer to 100 listeners, we're actually going to do a super fun giveaway. Yes. Laura, if you want to tell them about it. Yes. Well, my lovely wife, Molly, is the new owner of a heat press, and she makes T-shirts. And it is obviously being heavily used for my own personal benefit. <laughs> um, so far, I have a monogram. She did these cute love ones that said love and cursive for Valentine's Day to wear to school. And then I obviously pulled – a fun t-shirt from my closet that she put the Taurus emblem on as I am a Taurus. Um, Carol, go ahead, drop your horoscope real quick. I'm an Aries. And we love that for you. Um, So anyway, so when we get to a hundred listeners, we're going to do a t-shirt giveaway. And And stickers. And stickers. We're working on stickers too. So all, all the giveaway details are going to be on our Instagram. If you haven't followed, if yes. somehow you listen without following Instagram, go ahead and follow us at the Evil People Podcast. That would be truly shocking because I think we have 47 followers or something on Instagram. Oh, exactly. So the so metrics line We've always exactly, yeah. The metrics but do line check up. it all out. Um, all right, Laura. Well, last week we covered Canada's most notorious serial killer. So Born I figured- Yeah, let's keep that theme going. 
So today's story is about Pedro Rodriguez Filho, Brazil's most notorious serial killer. Ooh, are you going to do the episode in Portuguese? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I did actually, important or fun fact, I learned today that Filho, it's F-I-L-H-O, that means it's like junior in Portuguese. It means oh. like son of. Oh. So his last name is, he's actually Pedro Rodriguez. He's just Pedro Rodriguez Jr. Got, I, that but like I never would fact. have known that. Yeah. So there you go. There's your Portuguese re- lesson for the day. Thank you. Um, He was sentenced for 71 Whoa. murders. Ooh, picked him with However, he claims to have killed over 100. He hit that round number picked him was going for. Wow. Round numbers. So before you get too concerned, okay. Pedro's story has a little bit of a twist. Oh, I love a twist. He was a sort of vigilante <gasps> who killed traffickers, rapists, what? other murderers, what? and actually 47 of his 100 victims he murdered while in prison. Oh, my God. So he's Batman. Okay. So that's what I want to ask you right off the bat. And allegedly, he was the inspiration behind the show Dexter. So, like, interesting. Get those vibes in in your head. But okay. right off the bat, I want to ask you: How do you feel about vigilantes? Okay, I'm gonna just be honest. I love me some Batman. Batman's um, great, but Batman never kills. Batman does not kill. That's very true. And that's, I guess, the main issue with vigilante. Okay, I'm like getting my thoughts together. The main issue with a vigilante is that they are left to their own decisions and judgments. Every human has faults. Every human makes decisions based off emotions. And if you're a vigilante, you have no system to hold you in check or to, like, other people to, like, consult or, like, any sort of, like, um, institution that you can fall back on when you're unsure, whatever. So that's, like, a anti-vigilante kind of perspective. But to follow that train of thought the institutions that we have that do have fallbacks are not foolproof. And we've seen so many cases where the police, the government, all of this, like they're not doing the right thing anyway. So it's like people making it to death row who like are innocent. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I guess it goes to a broader point, which is sort of our discussions that we've had on, on the death sentence. Right. On whether that should even be in existence and something that's going to be interesting, it's not spoiling or anything, but um, he, he does go to prison, shockingly. Sure, sure. Like I mentioned, he killed 47 people within prison. Um, but he, the maximum term in Brazil is 30 years. Mm. So he gets out. I mean, he's out right now. He's alive and out. And I just, you know, it's that question of do we think people can be re- rehabilitated by prison like, are there other ways that this guy could have been? Did and he need rebi- people rehabilitation that- or did he do the right thing? A lot, of, a lot of good questions. So I want you to think about all that as we dive in. So shall we set the stage? That's my favorite part. <laughs> all right. Pedro was born in 1954. Same year as my dad. Shout out to my dad. Shout out. Uh, in Santa Rita do Sapucai, Sapucai, Brazil. That was definitely my worst pronunciation so far. But you know what? Again, we're living and learning. We are. I should have. I should really go. I googled some <laughs> things before pronunciation-wise. This obviously was not one of them. 
So Pedro, he was off to a rough start from from before birth. So allegedly his his dad was like very abusive. Um, that is not an allegedly thing. He like was. And he gets convicted later. So that's how I know. And he was get in an argument with Pedro's mom while she was pregnant with Pedro. And his dad kicked his mother's stomach <gasps> while he was pre- while she was Oof. pregnant. And so Pedro had a permanently bruised skull yeah. from being kicked while God. in utero. The tr- like having literal trauma before, before you're, you're even, even in this born. world. Wow. And it reminded me almost like a little bit of the the free solo guy, Alex Honnold. Um, I don't know if you watched that documentary. I did not, but tell me about it. They they did like a brain scan on him and it showed part of his amygdala where obviously like fear, the fear center is, wasn't developed or didn't like react the same way as ours. So it almost made me wonder if his father kicked him and like the killer spot, you know, like oh, is that, the trigger this is, sort of behavior, right? Like, is that part of his brain where we typically develop compassion or impulse control or whatever? Was that just permanently damaged? Right. I, I have had some experience with that in the sense that there are people I know with traumatic brain injuries. And I mean, we talk about it with the NFL and yeah. um, changes your behavior. It, it genuinely does. And it's a scary thing, but it's, it, it does kind of, for me, humanize certain people that, like, I, I mean, I think about it a lot with my students. Your brain isn't even fully formed until you're 25. Right. And so when I'm frustrated with decisions that they're making, like, their brain chemistry is literally different. Different. And, and yep. so I would love if if this um, brain could be scanned one day. If we could see – that would be the great – that would be a great end of a documentary about Pedro's life would be his – brain scan. So I have to say too, on a quick aside, I saw a great meme. Um, I mean, it was in a meme format, but it was actually like a good point, uh, which was people with anxiety are so um, attracted or like true crime appeals to them so much because there is a, a way that it wraps up. There's always an end to the story. And I feel like with him, that anxious side of me. Yeah, I would love to know right. how does how does it wrap up? What was the cause? I love that. First off, I love for me, I call everything that I see on the internet a meme. So I love that you said that. It's an Instagram post. Like it basically is a meme. Yeah. It's a meme. It's a not funny meme, but it's just like the way that yeah. we share things. Um, but also I agree. And as someone who has really not been like I have friends who are true, true crime, like full Mm -hmm. in and I think um like now that I've become you know a true crime podcaster Mm -hmm. that is what really does appeal to me and it it, and it's a almost a universal experience for people who have that anxious tendency yeah so getting back into it um like many serial killers Pedro's urge to kill started young you know a lot of you hear a lot about serial killers like torturing animals when they're oh yeah that's like the main sign but his was like i mean he was right off the bat ready to to murder people so he was 13 and he's done interviews since he got out of prison so according to an interview he's since done the urge to kill overwhelmed him in a scenario where he was fighting means brain yeah 
He was fighting with his cousin and ended up pushing him into a sugarcane press, which <gasps> almost killed him. Uh, it didn't, but it gave him near fatal injuries. Oh so I God. sent you. That's the picture I sent you. Oh, okay, in black and white. Up. Okay. Yeah. 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 So essentially, like you thread the sugarcane like through this giant like crusher squeezer thing. So how he got his cousin into that? Okay. And he didn't die is. Beyond, Beyond us, me. yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, it's That's very, very intense. Yeah. Um, but so thankfully he didn't die. So his first kill was not at 13. It was at 14. Oh, sure. So talk about your brain not being fully developed too. So right. Pedro was very angry that his father, who again was abusive to him, had just been fired from his job. So Pedro shot and killed the <gasps> deputy mayor of his town. Whoa. He went straight for it. He's not Straight to the top. Yeah. So let's talk about Untouchables, right? The reverse in this case. Yeah, Truly he the top. Yeah, like, shot him in front of City Hall, like very publicly. Can you tell me the name of the, the position again? Deputy mayor. Ah, shot the deputy mayor. <laughs> it's, that's totally wrong, but that's where my head went. Isn't – isn't it? It's, I, shot I shot the sheriff, sheriff but didn't I didn't. Shoot, yes, shoot the deputy, and yet so, still, that's how my brain works. I love that. Um, so essentially, like his father had been a school guard and was accused of stealing food from the school kitchen, uh, and so he got fired for that. So Pedro kills the deputy mayor, and then he also kills a security guard at the school who he thought was the actual thief of the food, but it turns out he was wrong. So then to fix his mistake, he then killed another security guard who he thought was the real thief. So this is where we run into the issue with vigilante justice. And this is a this is a four for one deal? Or was this three for he, one? Three for one. And he's 14 years old. The triple threat. Yikes. So yeah. so that's that. Yeah, no. Because for me, I would say my definition of a vigilante is someone who doles out justice mm -hmm. and people getting fired, people firing people, people even stealing food. Dying is not justice for that. No. At all. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up because that's definitely the shift that I noticed as well because everything I was reading was like, this guy's a vigilante and then the first three people he kills are all – like no one's done anything wrong really. It's right. not – it's not the the – drug cartel and the rapists right, right, and the right, traffickers right, right, right. like it's just people doing their jobs right. and like yeah so this is already stemming anyway. so many questions so i can't wait to hear the rest of it right so pedro he moves to sao paulo to evade arrest I, I think um and started dating and living with a woman named maria and at, at this age point 14. that no now he's like 16 okay okay <laughs> still whatever i mean still literally a child yes um, and he was shifting his murders now from those who had just wronged him to more of actual bad people. So to make money in Sao Paulo, he started dr robbing drug dens mm. um, and like selling drugs. So he was like a drug dealer, but then he would kill the drug and human traffickers. So like he was basically like stealing their drugs to make money and then kill because they were like bad guys and killing them so that's but that like the he shift. was a bad guy also if he was selling drugs yes so there's a lot of gray here there's a lot, a lot of, of gray. him just deciding exactly and obviously the this did not put him in good favor with the drug cronies sure 
so then Maria gets pregnant. Classic. And so a rival gang leader killed her <gasps> to yeah, to get back at at Pedro for having killed so many of his men. Poor Maria. Ugh. Maria just collateral damage in this. Yeah, absolutely. So Pedro escaped like the city. Um, But he sought to avenge her murder because obviously he cares about people who've done him wrong. And he took it upon himself. He actually like got a number of guys and created like his little mini army of soldiers. And he sought out the culprits who killed Maria. And in his mission actually to find the gang members who had done it, he tortured and killed a number of people just to find out the identity of her murderers. And then he murdered her murderers. Yeah, that's too much. So in case you're very John tally, Wick. Yeah, very John Wick. And in case you like want to keep a tally. I would here, love to. Um, Pedro is now up to 10 murders, round number, and he is 18 years old. Great. And it really doesn't feel like vigilante. It really just feels like revenge. Yes. And that's not vi- what a vigilante is. Exactly. And then here's where we get another avenge moment so back in santa rita uh his father whom he once killed for was who is clearly an abusive pos he actually killed pedro's mom in an <gasps> argument Ooh, Pedro by come attacking buys it, honestly. and killing her with a machete oh my god so oh. thankfully he is sent to jail pedro's dad is but that's not good enough for young pedro nope. jail nope. jail is nope. not so Pedro goes to like a visit in jail, stabs him 22 times, including gruesomely cutting out his father's heart Ugh. and chewing off a bite of it and spitting it out. Ugh. Ugh. So this must be like, this must be from his own retelling, retelling of it. Because this is based on him retelling and then also guards and other like prisoners collab or corroborating his story oh okay okay Yikes. yeah there's multiple sources okay because what i'm picturing is him kind of like Trying and i and i badass. i yeah. chewed his heart nice but you know that's kind of where my head goes i get that well i can't wait to tell you because we're only up to 11 murders now i can't wait to tell you about the other 88 89 there we go i can do math <laughs> when we get back from this break As per usual, today's episode is brought to you by Help Yourself Cookies, a custom-made sugar cookie company. The great news that I wanted to update you all with is that now Help Yourself Cookies is also creating cookie decorating tutorials on their Instagram at Help Yourself Cookies. So if you are like me, stuck inside because of the cold and looking for a fun activity, go check out at Help Yourself Cookies for some great ideas. Or if you're more like me and just like eating the cookies, go to helpyourselfcookies.com to order. They ship nationwide. That's H-E-L-P-Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F-C-O-O-K-I-E-S.com. Now back to our show. Okay, Laura, what is your midway through prediction so far? How do you think this this goes? Interesting. So obviously you have talked about how he's like, considered a vigilante and that's a word that you've seen thrown around a lot when reading about him and obviously also you've told me he goes to prison and he's gonna murder hundreds of people and eventually get out 
I think, I think, you know what? Maybe he ends up going to jail intentionally because I can tell by your face that I'm not right. However, no, it's an I like that fan theory because he's like, I can hurt the most bad people if I'm on the inside of jail. And then that way he can kind of like, yeah, he's not, he doesn't have to search for them anymore. He's able to get them. Yeah. That's really interesting, actually. That's a, that's a really good thought. Um, Especially because I kind of use that the opposite as part of my evil summary that like, was he actually a vigilante or was his only victim pool? It was like circumstance. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking very much like that if he has the desire and the thirst to kill, but he's trying to be like, oh, well, if I kill people, but I only kill bad people, then it's not as bad. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of different like specific motives for why he chose to kill these type of people. But I like your theory of like, is this just who he had access to? And it was, he would have killed anybody if he needed to, you know? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So he was arrested shortly before his 20th birthday. And something interesting is that, again, he's just still got murder on the mind. So he was placed in a police van alongside two other criminals while he was on – it's like Mission Impossible. It really is. He – one of whom in the police van was a known rapist. And by the time the officers – had parked and opened the back doors to check on their suspects, he had killed the rapist while handcuffed in the back of a police van. So he also has a lot of, you know, like strength. He, he has a, definitely a prowess. Yeah. I mean, he he's kind of he's kind of a beast if Is he's he? able to like I mean, he's killed 10 people by the time he's 18. He just killed a guy in the back of a van. With, like, basically his bare hands. Right. Like, it's – I feel like it takes actually, like, a lot of strength to do that. Yeah. No, he might be, like – yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm, like, does he have superpowers and he's just (laughs) using them in the best way? He's born into the wrong circumstance. (laughs) Yeah. If he was in America, he could have been Superman. But he's in Brazil, so he's just murderer man. Exactly. Murderer. That's his new name. We love it. Um. And I, so this is I, this is truly when he starts justifying his actions as saying it's because he was, like, purposefully trying to kill bad guys. So his justification was that he knew the guy in the van was a sex offender. Right. And it just – basically, like, nothing was going to stop him, I think, though, from killing people. <laughs> so then he's in this prison. It has to be the lowest security prison of all time. Sure. <laughs> He manages to murder a total of 47 of his fellow inmates. And he never gets, like, a solitary or a, like, we're not going to put him with Jen Pop. One would think that he would get I, – I wrote this down. I said, I guess there were no maximum security prisons in Brazil because they just kind of let him, like, continue. He got some – basically, like, he got additions to his sentence. But I mentioned this earlier. The, the maximum sentence in Brazil is 30 years. So his murders actually only added four more years to his sentence. I was going to say, if he's once he hits that 30, what is going to stop him? Right. And 
again, this is while he's in prison is when he's trying to justify that he's, you know, obviously he, there are tons of prisoners. The 47 that he chose, he's saying are the ones that he felt deserved punishment. So it were, it were, it was the sex offenders. It was the human traffickers. It was the murderers. Um, so, you know, it's not, that's, I think where the vigilante aspect comes from. Um, Do you but, think that he is someone with a bit of a God complex? I think for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Is that something you talk about? Uh, not necessarily, but this will definitely play into that. So Love it. He, was, he was released in 2007. He's now 68 years old. He has vowed to kill more criminals. And he actually has a YouTube channel. <gasps> what? So what? that's when you said God complex. I was what? like, yes. Yes, I think he does. I think if you have a YouTube channel to talk about your murders and who you want to go after next, you are absolutely have a God complex. I can't even believe that. Isn't that and crazy? What, you know, I didn't watch any of them. Uh, I need to go watch, watch some of them. Yeah, we're going to go. And I bet most of our 51 listeners are going to go watch them right after this. I think they're in Portuguese, obviously, but we, we, got, we got the closed captions yeah, on there. We'll captions. figure it out. I watch closed captions in English, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, I know it seems incredibly early, but I already have my evil summary for you because I think there's a lot to discuss here. I love it. Go ahead. Okay. So I saw – my evil summary is that I saw one article when I was doing my research where they called Pedro a, quote, perfect psychopath. And I don't agree with that term because it's not like a medically real one. But I think what they're saying is as far as serial killers go, he was – like a, a pretty good one since he killed like the bad guys and he was very like deliberate, I think is part of it too. You know, he didn't care about getting caught or not. Like he, right. he was fine with getting caught. Like he was just gonna, he was gonna do what he was gonna do. Um, but, you know, in saying he only killed the bad guys, like the thing is, is he didn't. He only started doing that because either A, he was forced to flee to a city with a lot of crime, Sao Paulo, and, or B, and also, I guess in that city, it had a lot of crime, and it was definitely because he was into drug dealing. It was a kill or be killed situation. And then B, once he's in prison, his only victim pool was bad guys, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So I think he's just a man that's very comfortable with murdering, and it was circumstance that led to his victim pool rather than him truly picking them out. I think had he been born elsewhere, he would still be a serial killer, and we would be having a much more disturbing, evil conversation and part of that, too, is he, like I said, was interviewed after being released, and he said he got a thrill and joy out of killing other criminals, and that his favorite method of murder was by stabbing or hacking with blades. So I just, I don't see it. I don't, I think it's a PR thing to say he only likes killing criminals. Wow. I think it's I a YouTube that, PR. I, I was going to say, not only has he done the interviews, but he has the YouTube channel. Yeah, so I think it's all. Absolutely. He, he likes the fame. This man loves to murder. He loves to murder. He likes the fame. I think he it was evil. He was born evil. Yeah. I take back what I said about being Batman. I know. I told you For it was sure. going to be it well, we was it's more coaster. of a discussion one. Yeah. There's definitely a lot to discuss because one who did the PR in that way? <laughs> like is it him and he's telling people when he's getting interviewed or is it you know something that we have not touched upon in my many um, very uh, colorful rants is the media. 
We haven't touched on the media. Oh my god, the media, which is like huge in true crime. Wow. Because like so much of it's the media buzzword. So my question is not not to any specific point that you make, but in general of like, who is spinning this story? Is it him? Are honestly, are the local authorities appreciative in some ways? Were the the prison guards, you know, kind of like turning a blind eye because they felt like he was making the jail or the world safer. So it's like, where is this PR coming from? Because he clearly, you've said it, like he is going to murder and he is not um, pretending that it's, oh, I hate that I had to kill these people, but I was making the world better. He's not doing that. You know what I mean? Right. Batman, Batman doesn't kill. Like Batman feel he won't even kill the Joker who is literally the worst of them all. So yeah, I think... I think the PR is coming from the media. Um, Whoa. Because I think he was getting a lot of notoriety as like a murderer. And like I said, I mean, he shot the first victim in front of City Hall while like the mayor. So, oh, I so think, there's also a sense he loves the fame. I think he loves the fame. And I think the media like really latched onto him. And then when he realized that like people seemed to, there was probably definitely, like there's definitely a sense of, gratitude I think from especially I mean Brazil has a lot of crime and I think the population would probably agree that like a lot of these guys should die and so once he really tacked on to that I'm the killer of these guys that everybody hates people started to agree with him now if they looked into his background they'd see it's not really just the guys that they hate it's it's a lot more than that but he really worked that angle. So I think it was a combination of the media giving him coverage because of how many people he killed. And then once he saw that narrative was going to benefit him, he stuck with it. And like I said, I mean, he has a YouTube channel and he got out of prison and did all these interviews and like people ate it up. And he also said, we are going to kill again. And we are currently eating it up. Yeah. We're covering him. We're giving him more time, but it, yeah, that, that would be my, the PR is does coming he, from the media, and then he he latched onto the story. That's does he way. have a killer name? Yes. Oh, put me on the spot. They called him Pedrinho Matador, which means Killer PD. <laughs> Love it, Killer PD, Killer Pete. That sounds like the name of a hot sauce. <laughs> I mean, it's Texas Pete, but Killer Pete. I mean, it would be like the spicier. Today's episode is sponsored by Texas Pete's spicier cousin, Killer Pete. <laughs> <laughs> really clears those sinuses. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is interesting because, like, if you talk about net contribution yes. or net detriment to the world. Murder is never good. I do not. I definitely don't condone murder. <laughs> I would like to make that clear. Important, important clarification. <laughs> As we discuss murder almost every week, <clears throat> but I do think that <laughs> net net, he made the world a little bit of a safer place. So I feel like you are right. He is evil, and I also think that there are evil people who don't necessarily do major notable evil acts. Mm-hmm. But I do think this is an evil person, and mm-hmm. I do think he would be in hell. But I don't think I feel the anger or the disgust that I feel with our other cases. Yeah. 
So where is he going for you? You know, I feel like he would definitely be in hell. He killed a hundred people though. Yeah. (laughs) And he wants to kill again. And he wants to keep killing and so no remorse. That's that's always an aspect for me. Is the remorse later in life? How do you do they figure? How it do you out? torture someone who just doesn't care? <laughs> That's a great. I mean, question. I guess with physic physical. I'm so glad that I don't do this part. <laughs> this part's hard, and it's funny because as soon as I'm done, I'm like, oh, there's so many that I could have thought of. Okay, I feel like this man is certainly going to hell. You're not there yet, Sir Pedro. Killer Pete. But one day I do I do believe that's where you're going. Um, if nothing else, just for your bloodlust, honestly. And as far as the torture, I almost okay. Hear me out. What if his torture is a serial killer group therapy? Because he has no remorse. So to him, it's gonna be awful because he's not gonna be able to. He's not going to be able to get anything out of it because he literally doesn't care. But also, I think that this is a judgy killer support serial group therapy. Not support group because that sounds like we're supporting them. But like group therapy. And so we've got, you know, the Zodiac down there. And Petey, if you meet the Zodiac, let me know who he is. And they're they're forced to talk about this. And like he is giving details about his like most – satisfying kills and all of them are like super bored and think he is like a hack job and he is getting no notoriety no respect from these people and they're like oh well you did that well i'm i'm worse than you i like murdered like innocent children right and then it's like it like just chips away at him forever um, and then, you know, like – It's a long a long con, a long torture. I like that. It's the long-lasting torture. And I think it's needless to say that all of these tortures, that's the main dish. But there are an amuse-bouche, mm-hmm. a side dish, a dessert of the regular tortures that we associate from the depths of hell. Yeah, we got to mix it up. Yeah, it's not just the one thing. It is – you have the classic other stuff. I loved – did you watch The Good Place? I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. Can he – if his group therapy goes well, can he move up? Can he move I out know. of hell? Well, it's tough because I feel weird talking about The Good Place because there is obviously spoilers. Yes. For The Good Place. However, that is something I thought about. And I loved hearing about the bad places. Like, yeah, moving up but also like the bad places like um, different – types of torture that they had. And I always thought those were quite funny. Um, and if if anybody needs motivation to not be evil, watch The Good Place and imagine yourself going through those tortures and you might get on the right track. What if this podcast is actually influencing evil people to be better? I mean, that would be that would be great. I hopefully not because it's our 50, 50 of our closest friends. Right. That's what I was kind of worried about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when when this podcast gets gets a million the listeners. attention it deserves. Yeah. Um the other torture I was thinking about him and it's because you said not getting like the notoriety or the respect. Yeah. Padded box. Padded box yeah. and nobody oh. there. Nobody Just to murder, nobody to give him attention. Yeah. Yeah, solitude. 
And I love that. I love that we talk about differentiation. That's really an important aspect of education. And it is also clearly an important part of the tortures of hell. Yeah. And then what level? (sighs) I think I'm rethinking a lot of like, what is the evilness in your heart? Okay. And what is the evilness on function and on um, delusion? And if we're going with evil in his heart, seven out of seven. Oh, interesting. If we are going on evil with the net net of what he did to the world and that he didn't kill, you know, we've talked about so many times, like – the outcasts of society, the most vulnerable population, that wasn't something he was interested in. And to me, Robert Picton, our not friend Dorothea, you know, Matthew Israel and Ian Watkins, like all of them preyed on really vulnerable populations and he didn't. And so to me, that puts him, I would say, but he murdered a hundred people. See, I think, I think this is what I love is some people are going to be like, oh my God, you guys were way too hard on him. He made the world better. And then I think other people are going to be like, yo, this guy's a crazy serial killer. Like he needs to be seven out of seven. So I think that my full, my full vote, I gave Picked in a seven. Yeah. Do you want me to recap who you've done so far? Yeah, do a quick – do a quick. Quick recap. Dorothea's at five. Okay. um, With Israel. Okay. Or maybe Dorothea's a six. I think she's a six. Israel's five. He's a five. He's our only five. She's our only six. And then Ian, Robert, and um, Ilsa are all sevens. I'm going to give him a six with Dorothea. Okay. I'm going to give him a six. I was thinking I was thinking he and Dorothea would get along. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They would get along. Um, definitely different because Dorothea was like trying to convince everybody that she was this innocent person versus he's like reveling in his murder. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say I would say a six. It's definitely an interesting one. And I really like kind of us discussing the term vigilante because I think he is not a vigilante. I agree. I think he is revenge motivated and like you said, in prison. And I think in his own way, he has a very strong sense of like right and wrong and moral justice in the world. And But I think that that's very skewed because he does have evilness within him. Yeah. All right. Next week, we're doing Dexter versus Batman. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that though. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a fun character in here soon. Yeah. Well, all right. So he's he's six out of seven, and no no respect or notoriety for him. Just therapy, group therapy, and a padded cell for our and a padded cell. Killer Pete. Killer Pete. Thank you as always, Laura. I will see you next time, and I will see you good people next time. Thanks, Caro. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.